Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 691 for the 29th of Tishrei in a regular year. So today we are going to discuss an existential quandary, which really only is a question, which really only makes sense, which really might only occur to a person if they have some background in Hasidus or in these types of teachings, namely addressing the seeming paradox of the facts that while God is one, creation is many. So what do I mean by this? And what do I mean by the fact that this is like a, a, a quandary that would only come up if you had some background in Hasidus? So when we talk about God, when we talk about God being one, monotheism, right? So we know that Judaism is actually not the only monotheistic religion in the world. There are other religions in the world that uh, that believe in only one God. Uh, there is um, there is a, a concept that we were the ones that actually initiated this idea that Avraham was the one who introduced monotheism to the world. But nevertheless, we know that there are many people in the world who are monotheistic. It's very possible to believe in one God and also to believe that there's a multiplicity in creation, that there's many different types of creation, right? It's not that difficult. It's not really a question. It's like you could have one God, just like you could have one person who writes many books, right? Or one person who paints many pictures. So you could have one God who creates many things in the world, right? So like, what's the issue? What's the question? So the question comes up and the, the reason why it becomes a question is when you learn about God and when you learn about creation from a Hasidic perspective, from the perspective of Hasidus, where we learn that actually it's not that there's God and then there's creation, but that nothing exists apart from God and that everything in creation is utterly and totally dependent upon God for its life force and for its existence. And it's constantly being, being created something from nothing at all times. So it's not so much like the person writing the, the different books or, or painting the different pictures. It's more like a person having thoughts. It's more like a person having all kinds of different thoughts. And those different thoughts are really one and the same with the person, right? Like that's, you can't distinguish a person's thoughts from their person. And even that is not a perfect analogy, but it gives us a little bit of a closer sense, a semblance of what is going on with God. So it's like if a person has like a dream, right? A person could have many dreams, many daydreams. However, if a person stops thinking about the particular dream, assuming that they never wrote it down, that they never told it to anybody, if it's just in their head, once a person stops thinking about it, it ceases to exist at that moment, right? And it can only come back into existence if the person's constantly putting their attention on that dream, on that idea. 
So similarly with God and the creation of the world, the world can only exist, the world can only subsist, can only be here if there's this constant input from God, something for nothing at all times. So thus, when we think about it in that way, then the question becomes a real question. How can we have multiplicity in creation if God is really one? So sure, a person can have a dream, but they can only dream about one thing at one time, right? A person can only think about one thing at one time. Like the idea of multitasking or multi-thinking is actually a, a misnomer. Like it's impossible to actually focus on more than one thing at, at one time. But yet we see with God that we live in this multiplicity of creation, but yet we have learned in Chassidus that really there is nothing apart from God. So how is this possible? How do we have these two things that we live in this world that is very diverse, that is very has lots of multiplicity, but yet God is one single unified. So how do we address this? So this is the question we're going to address today and we're going to uh, answer it today. And the simple answer is that it's all about perception. It's all about what God chooses to manifest in terms of his unity. So truly, yes, everything is one. Everything, there is no existence apart from God. However, th this unity, this oneness descends through different levels of perception that that display that kind of refract this light in different ways, such so as to seem like that there is a multiplicity within creation. An image that comes to mind for me for this, this is my own kind of analogy, is a kaleidoscope. So in a kaleidoscope, the way that it works is that you have like, you know, different mirrors that are reflecting off one another. And then these different mirrors create this illusion that like, even if there's just like a few, like let's say to create, um, to create, you can create your own at-home kaleidoscope. It's actually really simple. You take like a few colored beads or something like that and you put them at the end of a tube and then you go inside of the tube, you set up these like walls that are all mirrors so that the mirrors reflect off one another. And then you place the beads at the end of this tube into another tube that you allow to rotate. I hope I'm explaining this correctly. You can also Google it, by the way, and look on YouTube how to create your own at-home kaleidoscope. And then you rotate that tube and it looks like those beads, let's say you had like 10 beads in there, it actually looks like there are a lot more beads and they look very diverse and, and dynamic and moving like there's a lot going on so um yeah so that's that's so that that that's kind of an analogy that comes to mind in thinking about this this illusion of multiplicity that that we see with the kaleidoscope it's similar to our existence here on earth it's similar to the worlds the worlds the the multiplicity of the worlds is actually an illusion in true truth there is only unity there is only oneness one god so let's get into the text and see how the altar explains this and it's a pretty short section today and for context we're still in the middle of epistle 25 where we're getting into this whole discussion of unity and how God is found in everything and animates everything. And again, we started off this discussion talking about anger management, ma making it really concrete in the sense of how when a person does something to you that triggers your anger, that is a good time to actually acknowledge the fact that the person isn't actually doing anything to you. It's all coming from God because there is nothing but God. So the altar of it begins with a citation from Zechariah, chapter 14, verse 9, where it says, Hashem echad God is one and his name is one. 
we say this during our prayers also, like we say this in uh, in the Shema prayer, we say Hashem Echad Shema Echad. It's a you know, common idea that God is one and his name is one. And so the altar break goes on and he says that we've explained this, that we said that what does this mean on a deeper level, that God is one and his name is one. So meaning that his God's speech which is the spirit of his mouth, which is what is referred to in the Holy Zohar as God's name. This is unified and one uh, with God. Nevertheless, the radiance and the, uh, and the vitality that comes down from the spirit of God's mouth divides up into four different distinct levels, which are the four worlds. So if you've been following along this podcast for a while, you've noticed that there are four general worlds, spiritual worlds, and these four worlds are known as Atsilus, Bria, Yesira, and Asiya. Loosely translated as Atsilus is emanation, Bria is creation, Yetzira is formation, and Asiya is action. I'm not going to go into deep detail here as to what they all are. I've done that in other podcast episodes. Uh, you can also do your own research around it, but that's the basic idea. There's these four basic levels. And so this spirit of God's mouth descends down, even though it's source, it is essentially unified. It's one thing, but nevertheless, the way it comes down, it goes through four levels. And the difference in terms of these four levels, what do we mean by different levels is in terms of the different contractions and different screens and it goes through many different screens, many different contractions. And these contractions cause the contraction of the light and the vitality to hide it so that it will not shine so much in the world, in the world of Bria, for example, as it shines in the world of Atsilus. And it won't shine so much in the world of Yitzira, uh, um as it does in those higher worlds due to the greater constrictions in all of those worlds. However, when it comes to the essence of the Shekhinah, which again, if you've been following along, maybe taking notes, the Shekhinah is synonymous with Dvar Hashem, with the speech of Hashem, and with Ruch Piv, with the spirit of God's mouth. So there's no, there's no, diff, there's no um, change in, God forbid, in the essence of the Shekhinah. And even in terms of the radiance of, and the draw, drawing down the descent of this vitality, meaning the descent that comes down from Atsilos, this descent, this this um, this radiance pierces through the masach, pierces through the screen, and it becomes enclosed in bria, and so too from bria to yitzira, and from yitzira to to asiya. So, meaning to say, what are we trying to say here? Is that the essence, this essence, this essential unity of the Dvar Hashem that is found in its source, it does pierce through all of these levels. It's just that we don't perceive it as such because it goes through these different contractions. And thus, we, we say that the, we, we can see that the light of the In Sof, the light of the infinite light of God that is found in Atsilus is also found in Asiya, which in, in the lowest of all worlds, in our physical material world through it being enclosed in the malchus of Bria, Yitzhira, and Asiya. So it goes through again, as we explained before, and uh, and it is explained, elaborated upon in the writings of the Arizal of blessed memory. So it's, so this, this, um, we've spoken about this quite at length, especially what comes to mind is in epistle 20, where we really got into the technicalities of how this works, that basically that the, uh, that the malchus of Atsilos becomes enclosed, that which is the source of all of this. It's the essential light of God becomes enclosed in each one of the malchus of 
each of the other worlds. So the bottom line, so that's the end of the section for today. And so the bottom takeaway from all of this is that God essential oneness his unity his the the which is manifest through the devar Hashem, manifest through his speech remains unified it remains one throughout the multiplicity of creation the only difference is in terms of how it comes down to, to us in a way that becomes it goes through a series of contractions and a series of screens like different um different types of blockages that that cause this sense of multiplicity when really the true truth is unity. Sort of like how when you have that kaleidoscope, it's like you have those those different um, mirrors and those mirrors, putting in those mirrors there, they serve to kind of like block the light from going directly to see the beads and rather create this illusion of multiplicity within the beads. So that's it for today and we'll continue along these lines tomorrow and I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzhak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.